Hey, aloha, everybody. Jeff Reinbold. We are taking an episode of the Jeff Reinbold Show on the road. Minutes, hours only from our show in Galway. And looking forward to hearing Galway Bay come out full throat by all of the fans who will be there in attendance tonight. It's going to be one of my big thrills of the entire tour. And uh, Michael, how are we today? It's like Marty McFly on the dock. We're, we're time traveling here. We are recording this earlier in the week because, Jeff, you're, you're, you're traveling. But to, to be honest with you, we're, we're getting uh, sort of in Super Bowl mode and tour mode now. So we just, we're obviously trying to make sure that people, fans have a lot of content um, and obviously enough for this weekend. So we're, we are audio only for this podcast. But, uh, Jeff, appreciate you taking the time before you head to the Emerald Isle on a tour. Uh, Love it. So Love we, it. We, we start tonight in Galway and then we go across the island over the next eight nights. And uh, by the time this goes out, you'll have landed. Um, you're going to meet Jim Scahill tonight, a legendary hurler who says Jeff is going to love Supermax. Remember that word. Super okay, Max. now I got to I gotta ask you, what is Skettle's favorite NFL team? Scahill. 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 Skell. Skell. No. <laughs> Here. You're going to have to learn this. You're meeting them tonight. Anyway, this this podcast, obviously, I'll just, I'll roll into this. Presented by Eden Sport, official betting partner of the UK and Ireland for the NFL. I got that wrong, but I'm going to keep going. Thanks to them for the support. Jeff, this is our Championship Sunday preview podcast. Our final podcast together before we're in Ireland, but more so our final sit-down podcast like this. Uh, until Vegas, until the Super Bowl. More to come on that next week in terms of what's coming there. But Jeff, we will have, hopefully, um, a few podcasts will happen in person, whether in a car, in my house, in different areas. Check in some of the recording facilities and things in different areas, and we, we will get back to people on that. Just before Jeff starts talking, just to let people know, Dublin is completely at maximum capacity. Do not, as much as we want you to, Please do not turn up next Thursday without a ticket. You will not get in. The room does not hold any more people. We love you, but thank you. No. Jeff will probably see you anyway. It'll be fun. Jeff, uh, go for my man. Big weekend. Big weekend. Um, you excited? Huge weekend. I'm excited. And, you know, we talked. We, we kind of chopped up what happened last weekend. And now we're in really rarefied air. It's a really interesting, really, really interesting uh couple of games and you know when you look at it and say all right let's start let's start with you know the nfc and you've got two quarterbacks that really weren't very highly thought of at one point in their career or another listen really if you go by the internet like i mean have you been shocked this week because i asked i asked mark hogan as gallus like have you been shocked this week at sort of the disrespect that brock purdy's getting or do you think that's deserved until he wins a big game like this you know what i i think you know to be real honest with you michael i i, I don't know what the motivation for some of it is right he, on you know it's such a double standard this is this i guess it's just nature and it's just you know human beings and you know the hype machine and you know there's all kinds of stuff that plays into it but think about this what do we say all the time the most important statistic for a quarterback is what it's not completion percentage wins yeah it's wins right I was going to say touchdowns, to be honest with you, but it's wins. It's wins, right? It's wins. That's what you measure them by, right? So we say 
that Joe Montana was one of the greatest of all time, right? Because he was able to put multiple Super Bowls together. We look at Dan Marino, who had incredible statistics in terms of completions, yardage, all of that. And do does his name come up when we talk about the greatest quarterbacks of all time? Not very often, right? Why? Because he didn't win. He didn't win the ultimate prize. Mm. Okay. So here we got Brock Purdy, who all he does is win, right? And he's getting belittled like he was like, you know, like he was some guy that is coming off the, you know, the practice roster and you have to play with him. How about, and, and this opens up a great, great, great opportunity for us to rant, right? What in the hell is going on in Dallas where you got C.D. Lamb's mother, right? And Micah Parsons' brother attacking the quarterback. You I'm wonder not... what, are you, are you kidding me? There we go. There it is. <laughs> That's the PG version of Jeff. There. Are you kidding me? Right. And then some of the crap that I hear out of the voices of analysts, NFL analysts, and I get it. I understand ESPN and all of these media outlets. They want these guys to be controversial and they want all this, you know, Ryan Clark against, you know, Dan Orlovsky, you know, da, 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 right. But just hold on for a minute. All right, and say, okay, what is important? Is it is winning important? How you win, is that important? Um, who plays on your team, is that important? Right? So you, we make a god out of a guy in Patrick Mahomes, and he is maybe the best quarterback in the league right now, right? But what do we talk about? We talk about all the things he can do, all the plays he can make, and he's won multiple Super Bowls, right? So we look at other guys and we go, ah, you know, eh, eh, he can't do this, he can't do that. You know, It's called entry bias, right? And then in Brock Purdy's case, and then in Goff's case, it's because he went to the Super Bowl, didn't win it. Well, there's been a lot of quarterbacks that could fall into that category that are really well respected and yet he's back again 60 minutes away from playing in another one with a different team after being thrown on the scrap heap right we got lamar jackson who for years what was everybody's comment about lamar he can't win in the playoffs right so now think about this think about this since the last time we talked about him, right, and everybody was saying can't win in the playoffs, can't win in the playoffs, not doesn't play well in the postseason, he's played 60 more minutes. And now all of a sudden, we've anointed him as one of the greatest of all time. I mean, stop it. Stop with the nonsense. Are you me? Yeah, are you, are you kidding me? I mean, there's so many things to slice up like an orange there, like little dicey parts. 
first off, on Orlovsky and Clark, I enjoy their con- I think I think Orlovsky's breakdowns of the game were superb. I understand also that they have to have a, a sort of a situation where they must they've got two or three hours to fill every morning. They show they have to talk about certain things. I get it. Hell, in two weeks' time they have seven months to fill. Never mind, you know, three hours a day to fill right now when there's football being played. I get that. But I think it's disrespectful to Brock Purdy. I think it's disrespectful to where he's come from to come into this league and to call him a system quarterback. Who cares? Look at what they've done, man. Look at the Tell way he's playing. He's huh? not a system quarterback. Name one. They're all like this. They're all embedded into a system. Yeah. Right? But it's just. So are we saying that Patrick Mahomes is only a great player because Andy Reid gives him a system where he can express himself, right? Or he doesn't, you know, I, I mean, that is the most outrageous, hideous, simple, low-hanging fruit comment. I, I just, I, I just shake my head and go, hey, right? Does that now, grind your gears, Jeff? Oh, grind my gears, bro. Think about Shanahan. He's facing the same thing, right? He's not one what? It's not one simple. No. He's been to the play to the NFC championship game. Not one two. He hasn't won one. He hasn't won one. He's been a he's been to the championship game four times. Right? So is the, you know, yeah, you can say he hasn't won a super. Do you when people say that, right? This is what goes through my brain. Do you have any freaking idea how hard it is to win a single game in the pro football? Huh? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Much less, there's 32 of the most highly competitive people in the entire universe competing. And you think it's just what? Like you just show up and then you get to you're gonna win i mean that's simple like it's come on man like please stop it right i'm i'm loving this like this has turned into just a rant pot i'm i'm, I'm enjoying it, it well, it's a very good run started because i'm right now michael i'm gonna tell you something i, I could rant for days for well, days let's, let's look at one quarterback right you mentioned jar jar golf i seen a really interesting stat when i was recording the other guys earlier on the lions have allowed upwards of 300 and i think it's 370 or 380 yards on the other team's offense through two home games in the nfc playoffs and they haven't faced christian mccaffrey or this niners offense yet now at the time of recording jeffrey we do not know and frankly a lot of people will not know until kickoff comes sunday night if Debo samuel will be ready to go for the niners it's all tbc the last time he had this a similar injury he missed two games but this is a different kettle of fish. It's the NFC Championship game. What are your thoughts as we answer this? Because you've got the whole hype train of, it's Detroit. This is history. This is it. And then you've also got the fact that the Niners are the Niners. They're expected, frankly, to win this game. But then, again, we talked about the, the discord, about the conversations on television at the minute. What's happened to the Niners? Every championship caliber team in any sport grinds results out when they need to win games. That's just, that's the hallmark of champions, Jeff. I've seen it with Manchester United for the better part of a decade where they were losing games for 87 minutes and they came back and won the game 2-1. You said a second ago, what matters wins. Winning matters. 
the only thing that people are going to remember in two weeks' time, never mind two years' time, is the Niners beat that Packers team. That's the only thing that's going to matter. And they now go in. Hey, here's my deal. You call 53 guys that were on that roster last week from the, from the Packers and tell ask them if they feel any better because <laughs> the Niners struggled to beat them. Right? See, I think the way I, that the Packers right, set up. This, is where, going, this is where I get, oh, wow, do I lose my mind, right? Because here's the reality, right? Those guys on the other side, they're pros. They get paid too. Green Bay has eight first-round draft choices on their defense. Hello? Hello? Here. here. <laughs> Now I'm Herman. Oh my Ed. God, Jeff! Oh now my God, you be calm down before you fly over here. Hello, first round draft choices. They didn't. Somebody thought they were pretty good players, right? Eight of them out of eleven. That's crazy. And you beat them. And everybody wants to say you you suck because you beat them. Stop it. How look going on this game? How, look, you talk about the Packers there and how they came very close to beating it. And fair play to the Packers for doing it. I know it's not going to be any commiseration for them here, but how close do you think this game is going to be in Sunday? Because we talked last week about how uh, Buffalo and Kansas City could be very much a shootout. We talked last week about how the Detroit Tampa Bay game. I think you said it where it's going to be the team that goes out first and puts a marker on is going to control the game. Not to repeat the week again, but it just feels like when you've got that bell cow in McCaffrey and you've got Ayuk, you've got Debo if he plays, George Kittle on that offense with Purdy. If the Niners go out and roll, the Lions have to be straight up. And a field goal is not going to do it in this game in Levi's, in a popping crowd of the NFC Championship. The Lions, if the Lions, like no harm to the crack, if Dan Campbell wins the coin toss, I don't want to hear any of this bull where it's like, oh, well, we'll, we'll wait to the second half. Go out. Get golf, go out there, fire it off to Jamar, to, to Jamar Gibbs, and go for it and silence the crowd straight up. That's that's the key to that game. They gotta just keep plug, 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 plug on the offense. In my opinion, I agree with you to a point. My life, I think that's really a good take, right? Much like Green Bay did when they went into Dallas. You can't go in there and and think you're going to keep it close and win it in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's one way to do it. But I think for the Lions, they got to go in there and be ultra aggressive. Um. Here's the thing about the Lions, and you touched on it earlier, and and it's really a good, good thing to talk about because I think it's going to be the key in the game. The Lions' defense, no matter what anybody says, and Dan Dan Campbell said he, you know, he thought his defense really played well. They made a couple plays. The two picks were critical, right? Especially the last one, but the two picks were really, really important for them. But they give up a lot of yards. And they give up a lot of plays. And if they think that that's the way they're going to win in San Francisco, I think they're going to struggle. Because, you know, San Francisco can crease you in the run game. Now, Jawan Jennings is not the perimeter blocker, right, that Debo Samuel is. And everybody talks about Debo and how they're going to miss Debo and offensively. Yes, they are. He's a great football player. But in my opinion, where I think they'll miss him the most is how good a blocker he is on the on the perimeter. 
And that's a big key to their running game. Because if you look at their running game, Mike, most of the plays are B-gap and outside, right? And I'm talking about B-gap. That's the guard between, excuse me, the uh, gap between the guard and the tackle to outside. And most of it comes to the left, right? Because they've got the best tackle in football playing on the left-hand side. So I didn't, the guy that I didn't think played particularly well in that game was was George Kittle. He dropped the ball late in the, you know, that that guy's got to make a play. Um, now, again, certainly there were other guys, and Purdy did not, he wasn't as sharp as he normally is, and I think the weather had something to do with that, the wind and the rain and all what of that. What a glove he took it off, didn't they? I think at the very start. Yeah, he, couldn't make up a, he couldn't make up his mind what to do with it, right? Definitely in his head as well. Yeah, and then when it gets in your head, then, you know, it's – but there were throws that he that he didn't throw as fine as he normally does. There were completions, but they weren't completions where you get yards after catch because the ball's on the wrong side of the receiver, all that kind of stuff. So he, you know, he's he certainly wants to play better. I think they, as a football team, want to play better. I'm concerned about San Francisco special teams because that kickoff return, right, that the Packers got. And Rich by Basuccia, the the uh, special teams coach for the for the Packers, one of the best in the business, right? But you give up a score, and then you kick off the Niners kick off, and Green Bay runs it back to the twenty yard line. Well, that's I mean, you can't make those kinds of mistakes in playoff football usually and get away with it. Now, San Francisco dodged a bullet, but. You don't want to be dodging bullets in the playoffs. You want to be playing good, clean football. Right. We could talk about this all day, but you haven't got all day, and I haven't either. It's, it's late. Who's going to win this game? I'm taking I'm taking the Niners, Jeff. I'm taking the Niners, and I love the Lions. You know how I feel about Dan Campbell. You know how I feel about that football team. I think they have. What a um, week it would be for you if the Lions got the Super Bowl, eh? Oh, man, I'm going to tell you something. I would be like. That is so – it's like even hard to believe as a as a guy that grew up as a little kid, as a Lions fan, and to think that they could get there and, you know, it would be something. It would really, really be something. The tears could start early, Jeff, before Galway. They could. They could. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, what do you see? Super Max should be crying. So we're both going Niners. Okay, fair enough. Let's, let's sort of jump to the final part of this podcast and just talk about the AFC Championship game, the game that we'd be in Limerick for. We start – if you're listening to this, folks, and you're in Ireland, Come to Limerick, doors open at 5 o'clock in Cask. Jeff and Mike on stage from 6. About an hour and a half, hour and 45 build-up. We've got John Conlon coming on from the Claire Hurling team. He's an all-star. And Liam Ryan, uh, who is with the UL Vikings. Liam commentated on the European Black Football Challenge. He's a big friend of this entity. And Liam is a great guy. And to be honest with you folks, he, he really helped us get this event happening on Sunday. We're 120 people going. Oh my God, Jeff! We I, at eight o'clock, Jeff. We'll watch the game. I'm probably going to have to go up the road earlier because I live four and a half hours away. I've got work, but we'll be there, and Jeff will be there to watch the game. And there's a well, Jeff. There's a bar tab for me and you. So if you need a wee pint of Guinness, you, you, <laughs> we, we we will get you one. And props to Cask for everything they've done. Talking about the game, Jeff. It's it's intriguing because you look at the way that Kansas City were quite frankly dominant at times on defense in Buffalo in the night where the crowd in Buffalo was so loud. And then in Baltimore, the Ravens 
found we talked about this the other night the ravens found that next level they found the ability to just to shut down houston even though it was cagey you could almost see for either the chiefs or the ravens a situation on sunday where that is the same again it's cagey it's tight at the half and then a team pulls away the biggest thing that i've read about and i've been i mean i'm sure you've been there as well i've been to the stadium before it is, I've seen Pat McAfee talk about this, M&T Bank Stadium is low-key an electric stadium. The crowd get wild, they get wild. How much of a influence do you think the crowd will be on Sunday as Lamar Jackson looks to silence the doubters and take the Baltimore Ravens and John Harbour within 60 minutes of immortality? Who wins this game, Jeffrey, and talk to us about it? I think I think the Baltimore Ravens should win the game. They're a better football team. They got a better roster top to bottom. They can beat you in all three phases. Kansas City obviously has the great equalizer in Patrick Mahomes, his ability to make plays. I really think this is where we're going to see um, the lack of production in the wide receiver group out of Kansas City really hurt them. Now, Andy does a great job of scheming plays and getting guys open, and he'll make he'll do things with Pacheco, and he'll do things with, with Kelsey and uh, Rasheed Rice, but I just don't have any faith in those other guys, and I think it's going to be really interesting. I want to see Baltimore take Hamilton, their multidimensional – safety guy that can play corner he can play inside he's long he's 6'3 he's 215 pounds and latch him on to Kelsey because Kelsey won't be able to run away from him and Hamilton's big and strong enough that Kelsey won't be able to bully him and then if that's the case what is Andy's answer going to be how is he going to scheme him open is he going to put him in motion all over the place last week he put him in the backfield to line him up against AJ Klein which was genius um, you know they'll have a great plan. Defensively, you know, Chris Jones obviously is a great player. Um, you, you know, it, it, you know, Sneed is, is an outstanding corner, right? And he'll probably travel with Rasheed Rice. I mean, all of those things say the Baltimore should win this football game, right? Baltimore's got better linebackers. You can't problem. Patrick Mahomes. That's the problem. That's <laughs> what I said. That's And that's why I call him the great equalizer because he can just do enough things to, you know, to beat you without, you know, really much a, a wide receiver and a, an aging tight end. And, you know, obviously I think they've got to be able to run the ball. Kansas City does at least some, Right. And yeah. you know, whether that's Hilaire or whether that's Pacheco, but they got to be able to run the ball at least some. And defensively, they're going to have to play extremely well. And their special teams, this is going to be a battle of two of the best special teams teams in the league. So it, it it's going to be interesting. How much pressure do you feel Lamar feels right now? The way that he looked after that game with, with with the necklace on. And I was saying this um, to your friend, Owen Murphy. I, I, we had Owen on our podcast this week for a special podcast. He was, apparently you gave him a lovely message after his save. I didn't know this, but he was telling me. Um, he looked calm. He looked collected. But Jeff, I think back to London. And you know, we were sitting in the locker, like not the locker room, we were sitting in the press conference room at Tottenham. 
John Harbour came out. So happy, so content with everything. And now I think about it after me, and we like this is not me spoofing the conversation here. We met the team in Stansted Airport. Go on our Instagram. We talked to John Harbour. They just look so set in their way. They look like in such a routine. They looked happy. They looked confident. And John Harbour looked like he knew, like he was a guy that knew this is a football team here. And the yeah. Mar on Sunday, sorry, on Saturday, looked like he didn't care if he was playing Jesus Christ himself this weekend. He's ready to rock and roll. Because at the end of the day, Jeff, Patrick Mahomes isn't on the field whenever Lamar Jackson's on the field. Lamar Jackson does what he does. And then he, like a snooker player, after hitting 140, looks at the opponent and goes, you're up. And that, that's the reality of it. I, I'm really, like, you talk about the short-termism in terms of storylines in the league about Brock Purdy, etc. What happens if Purdy balls out on Monday morning ever was mad again? Wasn't that such a great performance from the fantastic quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy? Incredible. Look at what he's done. He's got to the Super Bowl. But so many people, as you said a second ago, were down on Lamar last year. Oh, his mom is Asian. That's really stupid. Baltimore should get rid of him. Well, they've repaid that faith and it's came back tenfold for them in the space of 11 months. In the space of in the space of a month, the Harbors could go from having nothing this year to a national championship in the Super Bowl. I think they're on the verge of history, to be honest with you. I think Baltimore's going to win the Super Bowl, but I think Baltimore wins this game. I think it's tight, and I think they pull away 14 to fourteen to 18 points at the end. I, I think they put a marker down, Jeff, and I think teams take notice. We know how good they are, but if they were to put a marker down similar to how they done it against Houston, who were blitzing like mad in the first half and then pulled, it was just a different level in the second half. I said it on the other podcast, Mark Andrews. At the time we recorded, we're waiting to find out. Yeah, I, that's, Mark, a big I, key. I yeah. that's a big key. Big key. Isaiah Baltimore is a very good play, player, but he's not Mark Andrews. And, you know, if Mark Andrews is back and he's healthy, that's a huge advantage to Baltimore. You look at all of it, Mike, and, and you say Baltimore wins the game. I think it's going to be a somewhat – I think the game's going to be, you know, in the mid to high 20s. It's going to what it's going to take to win the game, and because these are these are good football teams, good football coaches, and two outstanding quarterbacks, and that means usually that points are going to get scored. So, you know, uh, I just think that Baltimore, frankly, has the best roster of the two teams right now. Oh, was a mute. My bad. Just just finally before we go, Jeff, um, just a big question for us here. Are you bringing over banana, banana nut bread or chocolate hawa pie? What, what's on the Hapia pie, chocolate hawa pie? Man, I tell you what, I would do that, except I, it takes me eight days to get there and it'll be, it'll be spoiled by the time oh, I get well there. Well done. When I, was, <laughs> uh, when I was 22, I was in Boston Airport and I got a thing of Dunkin' Donuts, a whole box, and brought them home. They were fine when we got to Dublin. Brought them to my family and were like, what the hell are you doing, man? Uh, anyway, um, Jeff, can't believe we're both in agreement here. Baltimore, San Francisco, Super Bowl. Yep. It looks going to be fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Looking forward to spending the next week with you in the evening time. Um, and obviously, you know, safe, safe travels over here, Jeff. You'll have made it over here. Please go by the time that people are listening to this. And I appreciate you coming over. I know you're on, you know, the Titanic over here. So I'm sorry for that. But, you know, we, we do appreciate it. And, uh, we're going to have some fun this weekend. I I know we are. But, Jeff, we've got some big news about Vegas next week. Uh, and we'll probably link in then, yeah? Yeah. You know what? And, I, and uh, 
on other big news, I had a great conversation today with Jelani, Jelani Tavai, who is the New England Patriots inside linebacker. And he is going to come on the show and we are going to talk about the Patriots. We're going to talk about, you know, Gerard Mayo, who is the new head coach and what he sees coming for, you know, the Patriots down the pipe. And so all of you Patriot fans, and I know there's tons of them in the UK and Ireland, make sure you get the Gerard Mayo uh, breakdown oh, from. We can definitely get them on the right? And we will. I'll hear. We'll be finally, back. finally, yes. before we go, 30 seconds. This this came out on Tuesday, but like, we're recording this on Tuesday because you haven't noticed. Tom Telasco to the Raiders? Good Lord. Good Lord. Super Bowl next year, Jeff? Apparently, well, going by that show, you know, really like, other than that, Super Bowl every year. And I talked to my buddy Rob Ryan last night, and he told me that he anticipates being back with the Raiders again. So things are good in Raiderland. You need to tweet that out per source. <laughs> do it. Jeff, uh, as we say here, Gurmogat, I can't wait to do a read with you where you test the Tito. Very excited. And you are drinking a Guinness on Friday night. I swear to God, it's happening. Okay? All right, mate. All right, folks, say aloha, and we'll get out of here, Jeff. Aloha. This has been the Jeff Reinbold Show brought to you by 888 Sport, the official gambling partner of the National Football League in both Ireland and the UK. And we are available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever reputable podcasts are available, including the NFL Ireland Network of Podcasts. I love saying that. That's my favorite part of the whole show. I got, I got, you got to give me that every day. I have to. Hey, folks. After this weekend, we've one game left for seven months. So enjoy it. God bless. Peace.